Season 3, Episode 9, Simple Southern Staples, Recipes and Pantry Items. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Millennial Homemakers Podcast, your resource for all things home, hostessing, and more. We're your hosts, Jackie Alexander and Jacqueline Humble. Today, we are pulling out the recipe boxes and cookbooks to share our favorite simple Southern staples. Even if you're not a Southerner, hopefully you can enjoy these because Southern is a state of mind more than a location. Everybody likes soul food too. This is the second episode in a row. I guess I just realized that we're talking (laughs) about Southern things, but I feel like it's just a part of our lives. So why not share? Yeah. Most of the things we do are very Southern, so it's going to come out. I think we're also going to get excited because it's finally warm. (laughs) Yes. It feels like the South again. Yeah. We're like feeling all these recipes and all these spices and Mm -hmm. it's just been fun. It's porch sitting weather. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like sounded more like a redneck. I don't know what. (laughs) We are going to start with the entrees and we're each going to go back and forth and give recipes. If you've listened to our podcast a while or just another recipe episode before, then you kind of know how it works. So the entree is the star of Sunday supper. It really, really is. You can't have a meal without the entree. So Jackie, do you want to go first? I sure will. So for my entree, um, it's a poppy seed chicken casserole. I don't know if I've ever been to a church potluck that didn't have a poppy seed casserole. My church used to sell them for fundraisers. It's just like a go-to, super easy. Jordan's um, grandmother always made this. And I think I'd had it before. My mom makes a similar like cheesy chicken recipe. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Hers is good too. Yeah. So I like never, you know, and they're so similar that I wouldn't make the, we've never made like a poppy seed one. So I have, you know, in the past five years, I feel like I've been introduced to this dish. And it's That's really easy to make. I'll see if your oh, recipe yeah. It's similar, it's similar to the one that I have. So you just need five cups of cooked and cubed chicken breast, a cup of sour cream, two cans of condensed cream of chicken soup, about a sleeve and a half of uh, Ritz crackers, a half a cup of melted butter, because you're not in the South if you don't have a lot of butter in your meal, a tablespoon of poppy seeds, some celery salt, minced garlic, a little bit of lemon juice, some pepper, and then I always put rice in mine. Do you serve it over rice or you put it in it? I put mine in it, but what? you could very easily serve it over rice too. And you too. cook it? Do you cook the rice or do you yes. let it cook? Okay. I cook it because I've tried a couple casseroles where I let it cook in the yeah. casserole and it was just never the same. I agree. I like I mean, there's some things that like can cook in the casserole, like veggies mm-hmm. or an egg, if you like mix an egg in with the sauce. But yeah, if it's like meat <laughs> yeah. or something like that, yeah. or like pasta, usually cooking it first. But um, yeah, I know some recipes call for that. And I'm like, that seems strange. I know it always is. But then you you put the chicken in a casserole dish and then you mix together the soup and the sour cream and any other flavors that you want. This is really where you can make it your own. And then, of course, the poppy seeds. And you pour that over the chicken, mix it up a little bit, and then you're going to stir together the crushed Ritz crackers and the melted butter and then put that on top. And then, obviously, if you want rice, you'd mix that in with the uh, sour cream and soup. And then you would cook it for 20 to 30 minutes until it's all bubbly and a little brown. And you use like a buttload of poppy seeds. Yeah, like more than you think. 
use the recipe. Use a lot of poppy seeds. Yeah. Like a tablespoon of poppy seeds doesn't sound like a lot because a tablespoon of a lot of things is not a lot. But when it comes to poppy seeds, and you can always add more. Yeah. Like if it doesn't look like it's distributed right, just add some more. And I was a little bit taken aback because poppy seeds were expensive to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does go a long way. So you get like six casseroles or something out of one little thing. So that's worth it. The first time I bought them, I was like, whoa. But it's so good. It adds a really cool dimensional flavor. Just don't take a drug test the next day. (laughs) Isn't it opioids or something? Yeah, they're opiates. So if you're going to take a drug test in the near future, maybe skip this one or go light on the poppy seeds. Yeah, I love that recipe. It's so good. It's so like the poppy seeds are so nutty, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we always serve it over rice. It's also really good with broccoli. Oh, that would be good. I've eaten my mom's cheesy chicken on broccoli, and it's very similar because it has that cream of chicken Mm -hmm. um, in it. Cream of chicken makes it. Okay, so my – I have two entrees. Okay. Kind of cheated. (laughs) And so my first entree is, like, for the carnivores, and my second entree is for the vegetarians. Oh, good call. My first entree is, of course, a meatloaf. Like, you can't you have, have to do it. <laughs> mama's cooking without a meatloaf. And so this right. is the easiest meatloaf ever if you've never made meatloaf before. Okay. So it's a pound and a half of ground beef okay. and then a box of stovetop stuffing, which it's so nice. I usually use the chicken flavor. but That's what have, I usually use, too. They have different Just flavors. And then it's a half a cup of water two eggs, and then a third a cup of ketchup. And I usually add like salt and pepper and a little bit more Italian seasonings, but Mm -hmm. just mix that all together and then bake it. But you keep the um, ketchup for on top. You could put a, I like put a little bit of the ketchup like in the Just to keep it moist. Yeah, just because it kind of adds like that flavor and I'm a ketchup fiend. So (laughs) anyway, my mom's is way more complicated. There's a lot more stuff in it, but this is just the easiest. (laughs) This is when you're just like dying for a meatloaf and you don't want to spend a lot of time or effort yeah, or buy a pre-bought one. Like you so, just want a homemade one. Yeah. And you just cook it for an hour. Does that sound right? On 350? That does sound pretty. I think. Yeah. I'm looking we'll on the recipe. all of the exact things in the show notes too. Yeah. It's just really easy to me. But you put the ketchup on top and then you serve it with ketchup. Because I like the ketchup on top because it just like makes this kind of layer. <laughs> Of like dehydrated ketchup. (laughs) I'm not a ketchup person, so I'll probably mix it in, but skip it for on top Mm -hmm. and then use gravy instead. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is my meat Mm -hmm. recipe. Super easy. And my next recipe is also easy, but it takes a little bit more forethought because you have to uh, dry out the tomatoes. So it's a tomato pie. And this is something that I was introduced to pretty recently. My parents are not from the South. So I grew up in the South and my mom is from Florida, Miami, which isn't quote Southern. I mean, it's it's the Southern (laughs) United States. So a lot of my, that's kind of where like my background of cooking comes from. I have a lot of Cuban family recipes, but as far as like Southern soul food, 
a lot of these have been newer. So my friend Thea, yeah, my, yeah, you too. Um, my friend Thea introduced this concept to me and it is so good. Okay. So tomato pie, I always buy the pre-made pie crust in the first Because section. who has time to make okay, the pie crust? I did make pie crust one time and it tasted just like a Pillsbury, you know, pre-made crust. I was very impressed oh. with myself. Yeah. But it kind of like sunk in the pan. Because <laughs> oh. I think you have to have so much. It's just that consistency. Like all mm-hmm. the sweet, I didn't add enough flour or something. All that to say, <laughs> I <laughs> frozen it. Because it tastes the same to me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, okay, so, and... Before you put the ingredients in it, you want to pre-bake the crust for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. um, because you're going to be adding some really liquidy ingredients and so you don't want it to get too soggy. So you're going to okay. preheat the oven to 350 and I would pop the crust in, just set your Alexa or your phone for 10 minutes. And so the ingredients are tomatoes. So I usually use like the vine ripe tomatoes and I'll use about two. Salt, okay. crust, I use pre-made. And then a little tub of pimento cheese. I use palmetto. Because it's the I think best. it's the 8 ounce, 16 ounce maybe. I don't know what the measurement is, but what are those little small palmetto things? I think that's 8 because I think the eight. 16 ounce are the like huge Yeah, ones. I think that's the small one. And then basil leaves. So mm, what yum. you do is you slice your tomatoes pretty thin, like an eighth of an inch thick. And then mm. you salt both sides of it of the tomatoes. So you slice them, then you salt both sides and you lay them on paper towels. Okay. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you let it sit one way with like one face down um, for 15 minutes. And then you have to flip them and put it on new paper towels because they'll get pretty soaked. It's amazing how much moisture is in a tomato. (laughs) And um, so then you flip it and you let that sit for 15 minutes. So like I said, that is a little bit more time. Uh, but it would be good to make if you're like doing laundry or something, then you can right. kind of do a few things at once. And then you, after they've been salted and they have leaked everything out, like they're a little bit dehydrated, then you layer those on the bottom of the pie mm-hmm. and then you break up some of the basil leaves and sprinkle it around. And you can add fresh onions too. I'm not a huge onion person, so I don't. Um, and I add more pepper. I probably don't add more salt because you have so much salt already on the tomatoes. Right. And then you add a nice layer of pimento cheese. And then I add a few, few of the like more thinly sliced pieces on top, just Mm -hmm. so you see some peeking in, but kind of push it down to the cheese, like, you know, gets around it. Yeah. Kind of in between. And then you could put some more basil on top of that too, if you wanted to, and just kind of yeah. it, just so it looks prettier and yeah. not just like it doesn't look yellow, you know, it looks uh, <laughs> red and you can tell that there's tomatoes green. in it. Yeah. You let it bake for 25 to 35 minutes until the crust is golden brown and it's starting to bubble. Oh, that's super easy and delicious. Oh, okay. They, they put the basil on top. That makes sense. So you could put the fresh basil on top and just let it wilt versus yeah. um, putting it on top. You still have it inside, but I'm reading my recipe. And then you let it stand. You don't want to slice it immediately. You want to serve right. it warm, but I wouldn't serve it piping hot because then the cheese kind of oozes out. Yeah, you want it to when you cut it, it's like very right. clear. Right, it kind of like stays together. Slices. Yeah, it kind of stays together. And just like a quiche, don't 
build it up too high. <laughs> kind of less is more with this because again, you want it all to cook through. Right. And it will sort of flatten um, when the cheese melts. But definitely do not skip the part about dehydrating the tomatoes because I tried to skimp on that one time and it was still delicious, but it wasn't pretty. <laughs> oh, it was, it was very, very just, like, watery and, and like... Yeah, yeah. I like literally took a paper towel and was like soaking up liquid from the top, you know, and having to put it oh, back wow. in. It, it just wasn't a good situation, so... But that is so good. And that could be served um, as a breakfast item that could be served as a dinner, just a lighter dinner, mm-hmm. um, side dish, whatever. That one's kind of versatile. a little bit of everything. Yeah, but yeah. it's so good. And I want to make one now. Like I need tomato. Oh, I know I want to make one too, because that sounds amazing. It's really good. Tell me if y'all try it. But credit Absolutely. to Thea Berry for that. Yum. Okay, so I guess moving on to our Southern drinks. Yes, you can't have a party without a craft cocktail. Of course not. And because the theme of this is simple, my drink of choice is a Southern Shandy. And it makes like a pitcher so you can serve multiple people. You don't have to make individual drinks with this one. It's three 12-ounce bottles of beer of your choice, something lighter, something that goes with citrus. So I would go... I go with like a Blue Moon or Ho Garden, but mm-hmm. you could, you know, do the lager or, you know, whatever you want of your choice. And then four cups of cold lemonade. I buy the pre-made. Don't have time to make the real simply stuff. Levin, the simply or simple le- simply lemon lemon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that I one's think the simply. Yeah, that's what I usually go with too. And if you want to make it a little cutesy, you can go with the pink lemonade mm-hmm. if you want to be a pink and then half a cup of peach brandy and then you just mix all that together and serve it over ice super easy delicious and refreshing that sounds really good mm-hmm. hmm. i want that too <laughs> my cocktail is from this past easter lunch that we just had this weekend and jordan's aunt julie made this so credit to Julie Horton for this <laughs> recipe. It is a Tennessee bourbon tea. Mm, yum. So, Can't have Southern without bourbon. Yes. And you were, this makes a pitcher. We drank it all. It was gone within minutes because it was just oh, wow. so good. So it's a little bit dangerous. And she made it the night before. So she let it sit and all mm. the flavors really kind of came together. So it was a cup of bourbon, two cups of... Arnold Palmer tea that you buy, you know, like the pre-made. Yeah. And they serve those in like tall boys. So you could just get one of the tall cans. That would probably be two cups. A half a cup honey syrup, a half a cup of lemon juice, and Julie juiced Myers lemons, which Jackie and I both love Myers lemons. Yes, they're the best. If you've never had them, they're like a mix between a lemon and I think a tangerine. Is that right? It's like a hybrid. I don't know. Yeah, it has some sort of, it's mixed with some sort of citrus. I know that much. And so the skin is a little bit more of, or maybe it was like mandarin. Oh, mandarin. Okay. A mandarin orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the skin's a little bit more golden than like that bright lemon color. And Mm -hmm. it's a little bit tamer. It's not as tart. So it's sweeter and it's my favorite lemon. I love it in iced tea. So mm-hmm. a half a cup of the Myers lemon and then Myers lemon slices and mint to garnish. And Julie put some of the mint leaves in the pitcher overnight. 
Um, oh, she got that nice flavor. She had these sugared lemons that she got at Trader Joe's. And oh. I think she put those to soak in too. Oh, yeah. Which were really good. So I don't know how to get where to get sugared lemons <laughs> here. I don't either. But that was, and it was pretty easy. I mean, it's a cocktail. Yeah. So, oh, it looks like you can make your own sugared lemon slices if you're feeling ambitious. What do you do? Just like sugar lemons? <laughs> um, let's see. Wait. They're called candied lemons. It's three quarters of a cup sugar um, and one lemon or, you know, however many lemons. And then in a small saucepan, combine the sugar with three quarters of a cup of water, bring to a boil. Okay. Stirring into the sugar. This sauce, sounds complicated. And then add the lemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just try to find them to buy. But you can make them if you You could probably ambitious. just put some lemons in and add a little bit of simple syrup and it would be the same. Yeah. A little bit sweeter. But it was really good and really refreshing. It sounds it. Okay. So now we're going to move to some of our potluck go-tos. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're invited to a church get-together, a in-person book club, everything like that. <laughs> you got to have some like good go-to potluck recipes. You don't have to sit around and be like, oh, what am I going to bring this time? I'm out of ideas. Exactly. So we'll start with the potluck side. So what do you always bring? Or like, what's your favorite thing? My favorite thing is jalapeno cheddar cornbread. Sign me up. I'm not a big... (laughs) I know. I'm not a fan of plain cornbread. So that's why I would go with the jalapeno cheddar. Mm -hmm. And it's a box of Jiffy cornbread mix or your favorite cornbread mix. One egg, a quarter cup of butter, melt it, a third a cup of milk, two tablespoons of canned jalapenos, a cup of cheddar cheese, and then a little bit of salt. And then you just mix the cornbread mix, the egg and the butter in a bowl, and then you add everything else in, combine it until it's all you know pretty well mixed. And then you put them in muffin tins or if you want to do, you know, a full thing of <laughs> cornbread into a casserole dish and you bake it at 375 for 15 to 20 minutes until it's cooked all the way through. That sounds very yummy. I love it is. I love jalapeno and I like cornbread any which way. Oh, then you would definitely love this. Yeah, for sure. What is your go-to side? Okay, so my go-to side, and I'm going to preface this by saying it's a vegetable, but the South has a very wide range of like of a definition for vegetables yes it's definitely some of our vegetables are questionable whether they're still nutritious yeah i'm gonna include a link to we'll include a link to a really funny video that i saw on facebook last night as i was thinking (laughs) about this topic and it's really funny the doctor is like you need to eat more vegetables. And this guy's like in the South and he's like vegetables. And he's like eating mac and cheese and stuff. Cause we call that a vegetable. Okay. So it this is. one is also courtesy of, I think Jordan's aunt Julie or his aunt Rebecca, one of the two. So I think they've both made it and it is an artichoke bake. So mm, it's kind of like the best things of a spinach and artichoke dip, but you can eat like, large amounts of this and feel a little bit better about yourself. Okay. So the ingredients are three packages of frozen quartered artichoke hearts, thawed. Mm -hmm. So don't get the can through the jar. They're too briny. Use the frozen. Yeah. If you know that you're going to make the artichoke bake, 
then put the frozen artichoke hearts in the fridge and just let it thaw. And then you can pat them dry and drain it because I hate letting things thaw. And I usually buy like ingredients for that kind of stuff, like the day of or the day before, you know, like the the day I'm going to make it or the day before. So that's like, I'm just bad at like remembering that things have to be thawed. Yeah. It's just a good little tip. And then two thirds cup of seasoned breadcrumbs. And you could use stuffing mix for this too. I like using stuffing, but just crunch it up. Like I always keep stuffing in my pantry, but you want these to be fine. So it's more like a crust. And then two teaspoons of garlic powder. And you could also use minced garlic for this. So whichever one Mm -hmm. you have on hand or you're feeling, you could add in some mixed garlic too. Salt and pepper, olive oil to drizzle, water, and then one cup of Romano or Parmesan cheese. So, Mm, right. So you divide the breadcrumbs and the cheese in half um, and Mm. you mix half of that with the artichoke hearts that you've drained and like patted dry because you're thawing them out. Because again, you don't want it to be soupy. So you mix it all in a bowl, mix that like with the artichoke hearts, and then you top it with the cheese and the rest of the breadcrumbs. So then you bake it and you drizzle the olive oil on top. Don't drown it in olive oil, just like enough. And then you just enough so that it can like not dry out. And then you bake it for 30 to 40 minutes, depending on if the top's golden brown. I think I did 35. Okay. And this is a good thing to reheat. It tastes just as good. And I'm obsessed with it. It is just, it's so good. It might sound kind of weird, but. (laughs) I love anything with artichokes. It's kind of crispy. Yeah. You get the cheese and it's just amazing. I'm so hungry right now talking about all this stuff. I know. Stuff. Me too. We're recording before dinner. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now on to the sweet stuff, the dessert. My first one is something that my mom, it's probably like the most Southern thing my mom ever makes. It's a banana pudding. It's a Paula Deen recipe called Not Your Mama's Banana Pudding. Mm-hmm. It's super easy, delicious, probably the best banana pudding I've had. Um, a can of sweetened condensed milk, a container of Cool Whip um, that you thaw a little bit. I like where this is going. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Two bags of the Pepperidge Farm Chessman cookies, or if you wanted to use the more traditional like Nilla wafers, you could do that too. Six to eight bananas sliced, two cups of milk, a box of instant French vanilla pudding, and then a package of cream cheese that's softened a little bit. And you line the bottom of a casserole dish with one of the bags of the cookies and then a layer of bananas. And then you mix together the milk and the pudding mix. And then in another bowl, combine the cream cheese, the sweetened condensed milk, and mix that together. And then you'll fold the Cool Whip into the cream cheese mixture. And then add that mixture to the pudding mixture and pour that over the cookies and bananas. Cover it with the rest of the cookies and refrigerate it until you're ready to eat it. I love banana pudding. I don't think I've ever made banana pudding. Isn't that weird? It's – I thought about that too. And I'm like, have I – like I think I made it once. Because I just like let my mom make it or I buy it. Yeah, I usually – like I eat it at, you know, potlucks and stuff, but – Right. I don't know if I've ever actually made it. So thanks for that recipe. Now I have it. 
We'll pin yes. all these too. We always pin the recipes. My dessert is a peach cobbler. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest yeah. cobbler in the world. <laughs> so I think I've given my recipe for the upside down cake, pineapple upside down cake. I think you have, yes. This is pretty much the same thing, but with a can of peaches. So okay. my can of peaches, Del Monde. Is it Del Monde? Is that how you say it? I think so. That's what I always go it's with. It's like the best. So can of those. And then a stick of butter. Yes. A whole stick of butter. And then. <laughs> like we said, it's the <laughs> South. And then Paula Dean would be proud. <laughs> we, anyway. Um, and then a box of yellow cake mix. What you do is you take the, well, you grease the pan mm-hmm. and you take the peaches and you open it and you leave all that peach goodness, all that peach juice in the bottom because you need that liquid. Okay. And then you, so wait, do you separate it out where you like take the peaches out of the oh, juice no. and like leave? No, you pour oh, it Okay, all you in. just dump it. Yeah. Okay. And then you sprinkle the cake mix all over it. Well, not sprinkle it, just like dump the cake mix on top of the peaches and then you cut the butter into like little squares and then you just like line the whole thing with little squares of butter not too thin but not like super thick so it spreads out yeah and then you just bake it and I think I think for like 30 minutes on 350 you just bake it until you don't want it to burn but it'll right. start to bubble and then when that top layer of cake kind of gets brown like a golden brown, and then the peaches mm-hmm. are bubbling. So I think 30 minutes on 350 is pretty good. And you want all the butter okay. to melt. It is so good. Yeah. It is so easy. Some people might, if you're like a purist peach cobbler, you might come after me because you want your cobbler to be like to rise a little bit more. Oddly enough, I have heard of people pouring seven up <laughs> on the cake mix to make it rise. Weird. So that's an option too. Look it up on <laughs> pretty weird, but that's like the easiest go-to. And then you can say you made it yourself. Yes, <laughs> oh, and always yes. serve it with some homemade, like buy from the store, but it's called homemade vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you want like, like the like French vanilla homespun. Yeah. Yeah, like the vanilla bean, like that is yeah. the best on peach cobbler. Yes. So, Drew's mom makes this amazing blueberry cobbler uh-huh. that I need to get her recipe for the next time we do a recipes mm-hmm. episode because I bet it's very similar to how you make your peach. Cobbler. Yeah, it just gets it nice and crispy on top, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if you want more cakey, then maybe look into Seven Up. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? If anyone's vegan listening to this, they probably think we're like over-processed fools. But hey, this is for simple Southern. Yes, we like as easy as possible. Yes. From what made from scratch, I scratched the label right off the box. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so finally we will end this episode with some Southern pantry necessities. So we're talking all about soul food still. I'll start. Okay. So I always keep two types of box meals in my pantry. Mm-hmm. They're both Zatarans. I keep a jambalaya and a red beans and rice because if you're like in a pinch, don't know what to eat for dinner, they're in the pantry. You just got to pick up some sausage and you have a meal all ready to go. And we've talked about, you know, adding the seasoning blend. Mm-hmm. 
to make it a little mm-hmm. better for you for one and just have a little more flavor. If you don't know about the seasoning blend, it's frozen and it's like onions, pre-chopped onions, celery, bell pepper, and some parsley. And it's the easiest mm-hmm. additive for yeah thing. And I also, when I make both of those box dishes, I cook the sausage in a Creole seasoning, which is a huge st- Southern staple, I think, in our pantry. We have it at all times. Yeah, that's on my list of, uh, I like the Tony Chasseries. I don't know if I'm saying Yeah, right. I don't even Chasseries. know if anyone else makes it. Yeah, it's the best Creole seasoning. And it's like MSG free. It's actually like the ingredients are very pure. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I buy like the no MSG. I do too. Which, is that still in the green? I think it is. It's like in a green container. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So definitely keep Creole seasoning. That is great to add to anything that you're cooking. Um, Mm -hmm. Always keep a box of like Bisquick and some cornbread Jiffy Mix. (laughs) Got some of that in my pantry right now. That is really easy, especially if you have a cast iron skillet to just Mm -hmm. make that up. It's super easy. Um for like a side or if you want to make a bread. And I usually don't serve bread with dinner. Mm -hmm. And I honestly like don't even really make these recipes just to eat at home by ourselves. Okay, tomato pie, well. But this is more for like stuff if I'm having people over or I need to make a side or I'm volunteering to give food to the Ronald McDonald house, something like that. Like these are all Mm -hmm. good things. Okay, the artichoke I'll make at home too. But like the meatloaf. (laughs) I don't make meatloaf a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't make cornbread, but just having these things in I your like pantry. I'm like you. Like, I only make it if I'm having yeah. people over or if I'm going somewhere and need to bring food. Um, I always keep garlic. Lots and oh, lots, yes, and lots definitely. of garlic from my Cuban background of Cuban cooking. I The holy trinity is the sofrito, which is garlic, onion, and bell pepper. So I always keep... <laughs> frozen chopped onion in the f- freezer and frozen chopped bell pepper. And it's just like pre-made ba- bags that you buy for a dollar. And they are so easy. Obviously you don't want to eat that fresh. Like don't put that on a salad, but it's great if you're already going to be heating it up and cooking it. Cause it's like blanched before they freeze it. That's my main pantry staples. I would say for Southern food. Yeah. It's good to have like those staples in your pantry. So if you don't know what to cook like with the creole seasoning if i don't know what to cook and i have chicken and i have creole seasoning i have a meal oh yeah yes for That's sure it. also keep some grits in your always yeah. always because that's easy you can and add the creole seasoning a little cheese to the grits and they are mwah, so good yep yep great side great quick breakfast yes. whatever you want put some an egg scramble on top of that or mm-hmm. if you have some shrimp in the fridge just saute the shrimp and then serve. You have shrimp and grits. So yep. super. Poor man's shrimp and grits. Yes, poor man's shrimp. But hey, <laughs> it works. Add a little heavy cream yep. to, the, to the shrimp to, and then like scrape up the brown, you know, in the pan. Yep. What it's called, the drippings, whatever it's called in the bottom of the pan. In the heavy mm-hmm. cream, add some butter and you have a really good shrimp and grits. Yep, absolutely. Maybe add some sausage and some scallions. I'm getting curious. <laughs> I'm really hungry. We should never record an episode before. I know. <laughs> and Drew just texted me and he's like, how much pasta do I cook? And I'm like, oh, dinner's like, almost okay. ready. Time to help the husband. <laughs> okay. 
right. Well, that's all we have. I would love to hear y'all's recipes. Absolutely. We have a group Pinterest board too, where you could only pin recipes that you have tried and you've liked. So we'll open that up um, back to our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is called the Millennial Homemakers. I want to hear about your family recipes. And if you try any of our recipes, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram at the Millennial Homemakers or individually. Jackie is at Alexander 16 and I am at Jacqueline Humble. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.